0: Welcome to Two Open Doors, the podcast that explores our power to open or close the doors of relationship with the important people in our lives. We hope you'll learn from and share your wisdom with our community. Thanks for joining us. I recently came across a blog post by one of my favorite authors, Dr. T.J. Jordan, in the Medium online magazine. In that article, she addresses a condition that most or all of us have encountered at one time or another, the loss of an intimate relationship that has been central in our lives. Such occurrences may hopefully not be frequent, but they can have an outsized impact on our emotional state. In this episode, I'll share some of my own perspectives and observations regarding this important topic. My hope is that with better understanding, my listeners and readers will be better able to mitigate the impact of losses of deep connections. In previous episodes, particularly in episode 47, which is season 2, episode 31, I contemplated the distinction between those areas of one's life in which one can compromise with a partner versus those that are core to who we are and which we must thus maintain alignment with. This episode focuses on the comparatively few relationships that become so important to us that they effectively become part of our core being. Such relationships serve as sources for much of the meaning in our lives. What happens, then, when we face the loss of one of those relationships, for whatever reason? What are we likely to experience? How can we continue to function and remain socially present after losing such a spark plug from our life? Can we replace or backfill such an essential connection? For many of us, it's hard to even contemplate the thought of losing a deep connection. We can become filled with renewed sorrow rooted in our own painful memories of our prior losses. We can even be filled by an existential dread at directly confronting the reality that there are any number of ways in which our life-sustaining intimate connections might be wrenched away from us, leaving us gasping for emotional breath. Nothing in life is forever, in spite of our best efforts to maintain stability and control. Thankfully, few of us live lives that are dominated by fear of such unwelcome possibilities. We can recognize the vicissitudes of life while choosing to focus on the many wonderful opportunities that we also encounter. With regard to our deep connections, we can focus on being grateful for the many gifts that flow from our deep connections. We can focus on trust and faith, rather than on fear and doubt. When faced with the loss of a deep connection, we're likely to experience two separate though seemingly similar feelings, anxiety and panic. Anxiety is a fear or uneasiness that arises from our anticipation of some possible future unwelcome occurrence. Anxiety is something that lives primarily in our mind, as thoughts that involve projections or anticipation about bad things that might happen. The organic origins of anxiety lie in the prefrontal cortex, which is the seat of our executive cognitive functions. Panic is a more acute sort of experience, which occurs in response to a perceived significant threat. It's a much more visceral feeling, with subconscious roots in the autonomic nervous system and amygdala, which mediate our primal, feelings-driven fight-flight-or-freeze reactions to external events. Panic results from feelings rather than thoughts. To understand why loss of a deep connection can be so devastating, it's important to realize what happens when such a connection is forged. As we've discussed in prior episodes, such connection requires that the partners allow themselves to become more vulnerable to one another. What that means is that the partners become emotionally intertwined, in a healthy but very real way, with deep mutual knowledge of each other, what's important to each partner, what they like, dislike, and fear, what meaningful things have happened in their lives, and how those events have affected them, what they dream about and aspire to, and many other intimate details of their lives. Such knowledge is powerful and potentially dangerous. On an emotional level, deep connection entails becoming emotionally attached to one's partner. Some belief systems, such as Buddhism, counsel that one should avoid attachment, but their use of that term means something different from the healthy biological attachment that we're discussing here. We humans have a neural subsystem whose function is to mediate attachment. Thinking in evolutionary terms, attachment is a necessity if parents are to stay present in collaboration with one another long enough to rear offspring. Attachment can and usually is a healthy thing, rather than an inappropriate and unhealthy parasitic bond with another person. Emotional attachment usually promotes the establishment of commitments between partners. Those commitments can take many forms involving an investment of time, energy, and resources in one another. As an example, a pair of partners may decide to live together, to share expenses, spend more time with each other, potentially raise children, etc. As we can see, deep connections interweave the lives of two people. They become insiders to one another with interdependent lives that can nurture both partners. The flip side of that coin is that deeply connected partners can also potentially hurt one another in ways that a more superficial or transactional connection is incapable of doing. Losing such a precious connection can leave us feeling disoriented, abandoned, lonely, and empty, precipitating a dark and forlorn mental state. There's a term for the dark spiral of negative feelings that can result from the loss of a central person in our lives, attachment panic. That term recognizes the importance of our attachment to our core figures. It also aptly connotes the nature of the consequences of such a loss as a form of panic. As we've described, Panic is an intense, acute feeling that something essential is missing from our lives and that what has occurred is a threat to our physical or psychic existence. That's why the loss of a deeply connected person can feel like an end-of-the-world event. We're wired to have this sensitivity as a primal self-preservation mechanism. What can we do when faced with the potential consequences of losing a deep connection? We all experience relationship disappointments and each such disappointment comes with the temptation to never again leave ourselves open to hurt. Those who experience repeated hurt can form a kind of emotional scar tissue that discourages subsequent deep connections. Some people are so terrified of this potential that they avoid ever inviting such connections into their lives. Unfortunately, in so doing, they also forgo all of the richness and growth that can flow from such connections. Others muster the courage to pick themselves off the floor, dust themselves off, and try again to create deep new connections. Such people aren't naive, they knowingly accept the uncertainties of human relationships as the unavoidable price of trying for the joys of healthy deep connections. It's useful to know that, while the potential for hurt from losing core people in our lives is inevitable, there are things that we can do to provide ourselves with a first-aid kit if the worst should happen. First, we should be prepared to let ourselves feel the bite of such a loss, and we should allow ourselves to grieve, rather than hide from those feelings of loss. Our loss is real, and that needs to be acknowledged. We should also be patient and compassionate with ourselves, realizing that the impact of significant life events takes time to subside. The crest of the emotional wave must pass over us before we can again find our way to the surface, and that takes time. Third, we should avoid giving free rein to the turbulent emotions that occur in the early phases of losing a deep connection. Those emotions come from our survival mechanisms, but relationship threats are very different from being chased by a predator. Once that flood of feelings and urges subsides, we're able to better determine a fruitful path to recovery. And, with time, we will find ourselves in a better position to be more objective in understanding what caused the relationship rupture. And that understanding can help us assess future potential opportunities for deep connection, with hope rather than fear, and with trust rather than guardedness. To learn more about Two Open Doors and to engage with our community, I'd like to invite you to visit the Two Open Doors private Facebook group for posts and discussion, and the Two Open Doors meetup group for events. I also invite you to contact me directly by writing to me at claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, at twoopendoors.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll use your inputs to guide my work on future blog posts and podcast episodes. Thanks for visiting Two Open Doors.